This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. You're listening to the Knowledge at Wharton podcast. I'm Steve Sharetta, Senior Managing Editor with Knowledge at Wharton, and I'd like to welcome Kimberly Barham back to Knowledge at Wharton. She's the Managing Director of Legislation and Special Projects for the Penn-Wharton Budget Model, a highly detailed economic simulator that can be used interactively online by anyone for free to change any tax policies they, they wish and figure out how those changes would affect not just the federal budget, but other things like GDP and, and uh, employment levels and incomes and so forth. Mm-hmm. So it's a very robust model. Um, Kimberly, um, you've, you've looked at the, the uh, static model that's been released, and now that the House has released a version of the budget that they would like to see passed, we're going to have a Senate version eventually to talk about, too. It's trying to be... Uh, is trying to be cleaned up in in much less time than these things would normally take, uh, which makes it even more complicated. But can you just give us an overview of what the big tax changes are in the bill now under consideration in the House, which could be voted on very soon? Sure, yeah. So one of the um, big things is that rather than keeping for individuals um, seven income tax brackets, they're actually narrowing that down to four. Um, And the other big thing is that they're doubling roughly the standard deduction while repealing personal exemptions. And they're also expanding the child tax credit um, and and, and repealing a lot of itemized deductions. Now, on the business side, they're also repealing a lot of tax expenditures, deductions, and credits, um, but they're really lowering the rates. There, they're going down um, to a 20% um, tax rate on corporations, and then for pass-throughs, that that would go to a top rate of 25%. Um, So there's a lot um, of tax cuts and... um, you know, room going on here and, and trying to pay for that by broadening the base. Just to refresh the the idea of pass-throughs, that, those are, I guess, mostly small and middle-sized companies like S-corporations and so forth who uh, they, they are business owners, they take that revenue and then they pass it through the company and, and then are taxed as, as personal income. As okay. individuals, right. Um, but some of those can be quite large. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... One of the key questions here uh, that that comes up, of course, is what happens to debt under this model that you have now run through the uh, magic machine? (laughs) So our dynamic analysis um, shows that um, over 10 years, it increases federal debt somewhere between 2 and 2.1 trillion. Um, And by 2040, um, debt will increase from somewhere between 6.3 and 6.8 trillion than it would be under current policy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, overall, both of these tax, the, this tax bill is a tax cut. It is, you know, taking revenue out of the system. Taking revenue out of the system and increasing uh, debt or deficits, I guess it would be a deficit each year that is, is a debt overall. Right. Uh, and um, so... I know that your model is dynamic and it looks at the changes and then how that would affect economic growth and then what would be the effect on debt after any change in economic growth. So Mm -hmm. you've just described debt. What actually would happen to economic growth? So the tricky thing about debt is that um, 
when you increase debt in the long run, it actually dampens um, economic growth. And that's because some of the savings that people have don't go into private investment. Um, it goes into paying for the debt. And so as a result, um, after 10 years, um, the Tax Cut and Jobs Act will increase GDP somewhere between 033 and 0.83%. Um, relative to where it would have been in 2027. Um, however, this boost fades over time, um, mostly due to the rising debt. Um, and by 2040, GDP can even fall below, in some scenarios, um, the current policy GDP. Okay, and let's just be clear that that GDP rate that you're talking about is not an annual rate. That is, that is the total effect, the absolute effect after... Yes. The, the periods that you mentioned. Exactly. Okay. So you also report a range of results. So what does the analysis by other groups indicate? So there's a lot of other groups that produce similar analysis. Um, there's um, the Congressional Budget Office, which is the official score keep. Um, there's a few other groups out there, and their numbers are, you know, sometimes similar, sometimes different than us. And really, it matters for these dynamic models um, what uh, parameters and assumptions that you are making. Um, in particular, there's two key parameters. And one is the assumptions that you make about the return to capital. Um, and you could sort of think that maybe the return to capital, you could set it at something like um, the return to the S&P, a relatively high rate of return. Um, or you could, you know, set it, you know, a bit lower at, um, you know, the risk-free rate of return. Um, we sort of feel that um, probably the lower setting um, is a little more realistic in the long run. Um, but, you know, everyone can decide what they think. Um, what it does when you take one of these models and assume a high rate of return is that, it really increases investment, which fuels growth. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you find um, more growth and less debt because the tax cuts appear to pay more for themselves. So depending on your view of how this would affect that, <laughs> you're, you're gonna, you could get a, a, a right. pretty big difference in the final result. Depending on what you think the um, you know, return to capital return will be in capital. the future. Okay. And um, the other one is um, the openness of the economy to international capital flows, mm -hmm. um, which is really a lot related to trade as well. So in, in that model, um, debt doesn't matter because every time the government issues it, a bunch of foreign dollars flow in. Mm -hmm. um, and so you have to think about that um, in terms of are we, you know, is, is some other country owning the United States? Are they owning more and more and more of the assets mm -hmm. um, of the country? Mm -hmm. um, and, and also its effects on trade. So there's, there's two other big questions that I, people are wonder about. One is, um, I think, do, do these tax cuts pay for themselves? And then the other is, who gains from the tax changes, like which income group? So the, on the first one, do they pay for themselves? I'm, I'm gathering from the fact that it's increasing the deficit that they don't pay for themselves. Is that right? Um, in fact, they don't fully pay for themselves. We do um, see um, over the 10-year period, um, you know, we can 
make up for about 500 billion with mm-hmm. the dynamic model, mm-hmm. but overall they're still adding um, to the debt and and increasing deficits over that period. Okay, increasing debt and deficits, and then who gains? Who are the winners and who are the losers? I guess that's one way of putting it. So there's sort of two ways to look at it. One way is you could think about um, who is getting most of these benefits. And in that case, um, most of the tax cuts are accruing to upper income households. But the other question is what's happening to progressivity over the whole system? Um, And that's just who, you know, now pays what share of the entire federal tax bill. And when we look at that, we find um, that it's surprisingly stable. Um, for instance, in 2018, um, with no tax bill, um, people in the top 10% of the income distribution will pay 28% of total taxes. Um, meanwhile, under the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, they would pay 27%. Um, so those numbers are pretty close. And even if you go far out all the way to 2040, um, the differences are they would pay 30% if we didn't change the tax system, and the top 1% would pay 28% if we do change the tax system. Um, so it's surprising that there's not a, a larger effect on progressivity, but it's pretty stable. And then does that mean that uh, things aren't changing down the line that much either if things aren't changing at the top that much when it comes to progressivity? Um, Yes, that does mean that basically the tax bill is not being shifted um, lower down the income distribution. It's being maintained. Okay, and um, this is the House bill. Just want to be clear about that, which could be voted on very soon. At the same time, the Senate's going to be releasing their bill uh, and or they've released some general uh, points about it, but not all the detail that you would need to run a good model, correct? Right. So yesterday the Senate um, came out with their tax plan, and we haven't had a chance to Mm. run all of our models. It does take some time. Right, right. (laughs) Um, But you don't have all the information you need in that. Yeah, there's some additional information that we need as well. So they haven't released the details. Yeah. Okay. But uh, is there... Something you can say about about the difference between the House version and the Senate version? Sure. So um, the House version, like I said, for individuals um, goes from seven brackets down to four. And the Senate bill keeps the seven bracket system. Um, they do change some of the rates. For instance, the top rate will go from 39.6% to 38.5%. Um, like... The House, the Senate bill also roughly doubles the standard deduction and repeals personal exemptions. Um, And the Senate bill expands the child tax credit even further so that more of it will be refundable than under the House bill. Um, On the business side, um, they go also down to a 20% rate on corporations, um, but they don't start that until 2019, so they delay that by a year. Um, And... The other thing they do on the business side is they do approach pass-through companies mm-hmm. a little bit differently. So the Senate's or the House side, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. the House side um, has a 25% pass-through rate, and the Senate instead um, allows them a 17.4% deduction um, to lower the the taxes for pass-through businesses. 
All right. And so um, even though you haven't run the numbers, and but you, you get a general sense of what the differences are between the two. Uh, do you think that um, when you do run the numbers that there would be a big difference between, let's say, the effect on the deficit or the effect on the uh, progressivity of, of the of the tax brackets or the or, or, or the tax distribution. Uh. So both of these plans um, are designed sort of to not increase the deficit by more than one point five trillion over ten years. Um, so I would hope that when we run the numbers, that we will find that. Um, However, the, the Senate, due to various rules, is a little bit more cost-conscious than okay. the House. Um, and so, you know, maybe it would come in a little bit um, more conservative. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say until we've mm-hmm. actually run it, because some of these provisions, you know, increase right. taxes and some of them decrease taxes. Uh, and, uh, okay, so uh, anything else that we haven't talked about that people should know about? Um I think just to keep paying attention, um, so, you know, the House bill may come up for a vote early next week, Mm -hmm. and the Senate bill is currently um, in committee and being amended, and they they plan to uh, wrap it up before the end Mm -hmm. of the year, so. Okay. Lots of changes. Lots of changes. Thank you for coming in. uh, And joining us. Appreciate it very much. Uh, By the way, you can learn more about the Penn Wharton budget model and Simulate the effects of various tax policies by going to the following website. It's budgetmodel.wharton.upenn.edu. That's a free interactive simulator for taxes, which is, uh, has a very rich and robust um, back room, back engine room, uh, <laughs> but nevertheless is easy to use on the front end for, for users. It's very user-friendly. Um, and you can also find more insights from Knowledge at Wharton on our website, which is knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. You can find all of our podcasts on iTunes also. And if you like what you hear, or even if you don't, please leave a review. Thank you. Thanks very much. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. 